Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. My name is Daniel Morgan. I'm here joined by Poojix live from Canada. Hey, the my man, how's it going? Life is great. How are you? I am doing terrific. And of course, we have a new guest on board. He's an expert on a lot of great topics that you will soon hear about. And his name is Govind Mohan. So, Govind, how are you doing? Great. Uh, nice to be on here. It's a pleasure. So, Govind, why don't you go ahead right now and tell our listeners about yourself a little bit so that they can somehow know who you are and what you're up to. So I've, uh, I'm a CS philosophy and economics student at UFT, double major and minor in that order. Wow. And, uh, I've been interested in cryptocurrencies for quite a while. Uh, it started out when I, when I, uh, when I was poking around in the deep web about four, four years ago. And then I found out about Bitcoin, which is the uh, currency on the deep web. And I was like, what's Bitcoin? So that got me down a deep rabbit hole, which involved a lot of things that I, at the time couldn't really wrap. My mind around. Um, uh, I'm referencing the Satoshi Nakamoto's uh, paper. If uh, for those who don't know, Satoshi Nakamoto is the anonymous uh, guy who, or girl, or whoever who just uh, came out and posted this paper that said uh, uh, Bitcoin, that proposed Bitcoin as a, a peer-to-peer uh, decentralized uh, c- cryptocurrency, which kind of rocked the world and the effects of which we are only just feeling now. Um, so in terms of what I'm doing right now, I am working at a cryptocurrency based, uh, fantasy sports website, but mm-hmm. I'm also excited to say that I will be launching my own venture in uh, September. Wow. Uh, we have been accepted to the, uh, UFT's, uh, creative destruction lab, which is an incubator, uh, where I will be making a decentralized data exchange platform where, um, users, uh, anyone can sell their data to small and medium companies, uh, and they choose who they want to sell their data to. Wow. And and uh, companies can uh, uh, access our network of decentralized data scientists, and uh, they can make de- data-driven decisions the same level that, uh, like Trump and uh, Hillary and all these people make at the high level using A/B testing, using tons of data. Oh, like wow. any mom and pop family business would be able to do it. That's that's the goal, at least. That's wonderful. So that's what I'll be working. Before for I go any further, though, you mentioned something about deep web, and I heard a little bit about that concept. So, first of all, what were you doing? Uh, you know, toiling around deep web. <laughs> And because uh, generally speaking, I'm, I'm kind of curious well, about right now, like why you wanted to play around with this whole deep web before you discovered Bitcoin. <laughs> well, I was just uh, I was always a really curious kid. And uh, when I hung out in the, the the more questionable parts of the normal web, I found out references to the deep web. So, so I'm like, hey, for, for our listeners this. right now who might not know what deep web actually means, we just right now go ahead and tell us the definition of the deep web. That's right. Uh, so the deep web, uh, the, the clear web is uh, basically all the internet that you can access every day uh using uh, google all the websites that are listed on google but there are uh in in any case you're just accessing a uh a computer that's located somewhere in the world and you are you're making requests to that computer throughout the internet and then your requests are routed through this huge massive traffic uh, like of, of data packets that ultimately reach that, that computer. That's right. But with the deep web, there's a lev- level of, uh, encryption. So nobody knows what your message is and where it is going except for the person who sends it and the person who receives it. So wow. only the sender and the receiver actually know what's going on and what, and, uh, what information is being requested. 
And if if I intercept the data packets in the middle, it's just going to look like uh, a bunch of cryptographic stuff, wow. which doesn't really say anything. Pretty so amazing. A, I heard a lot of stuff uh, also about deep web in terms of, let's just be honest, some, some criminal activities and whatnot, things they can do over there. But overall, I'm pretty sure that your experimentation with the deep web was not uh, bordering on the criminal. It was just for the sake of learning <laughs> and education. That's, that's, that's what I personally can assume right now, given the fact that you want to start your own yeah. business. So it's pretty good no, to know about this. Right. It's, it actually gets like this really uh, crazy reputation of being like, oh, this is where all the hackers hang out. But it's really not that interesting. A lot of it is just broken web pages and uh, some <laughs> like uh, weird websites with uh, some people writing like, I don't know, uh, uh, blog posts. And it's, it's really the same thing as the normal Internet, except it's just anonymous. Wow. So. Pretty amazing. Good point. Never been to deep web myself, quite frankly, but seems quite exhilarating. Now, let's move on to our topic today, which is about about keychain technology as well as the entire decentralized world as a whole. So let's start first with Pujix here. Pujix, how do you define keychain technology? Sorry, what was that? Blockchain technology? Sorry, a blockchain technology. That's right, blockchain technology. Right, 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 right. So um, honestly, I'm not too much of an expert in this area. I just know that, that that's the basis of all the cryptocurrencies, that uh, Bitcoin being one of the famous ones that uh, we use that platform, that, that system to basically be able to communicate and uh, send and receive those. I think that is a very good question for Govind, though. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because okay, we so... both, I mean, literally, for Pujix, he at least knows the goddamn name. I don't even know the fucking name. I, <laughs> I thought it's called the keychain technology, but it's called actually the, uh, the uh, <laughs> blockchain technology. Think about it. Blockchain. So right now, let's move on to yeah. Go, uh, Govind here. So you are the expert. What is exactly blockchain technology? Okay, so at the at the most basic level, if uh, if I'm saying I owe you like fifty bucks, right, and uh, I write down the transaction, and then you say, okay, I trust you to maintain this transaction. There's there's no reason for me to you know not screw you over and be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I never gave you that. That I I, I never took fifty bucks from you, and I don't owe you anything. But uh, with a blockchain. This same ledger of of transactions is maintained by five different people, say, or fifty, or how many ever, you know. And if it's in the same scenario, if I say I didn't, I don't owe you anything because it's not there on my ledger, then everyone else would be like, okay, we have the copy of the same ledger, but here it says you got fifty bucks from your friend and you have to pay him back. So what it is is just a ledger that's maintained across many different people, and for any addition or any operation that changes that ledger, it needs to be approved by everyone first, or at least uh, not necessarily everyone, but there's uh, a majority is, is how it goes, mm-hmm. typically. So it's just uh, a consensus-driven uh, uh, decision-making platform. Interesting. So it's a platform, and it could be used in a variety of ways. But since you're an expert in terms of uh, Bitcoin and whatnot, you mentioned earlier about this whole thing. So what exactly is the Bitcoin? So Bitcoin is the most... I would say primitive use case of the blockchain. It's just using a currency that, uh, whose each transaction is accounted for on a decentralized ledger. Uh, so it's just, I'm defining some currency that some, some store of value, uh, where, which is, uh, stored on these, uh, on these, uh, on this distributed ledger, the blockchain that I described to you earlier. And, uh, when, 
uh, new trans uh, new transactions are put into a blo block, which wait to be included into the uh, the blockchain or the overall ledger. So this process, how it works, is that there are many miners uh, who are solving cryptographic puzzles with their computers. I mean, they're not doing anything. The humans aren't doing anything. It's the computers solving <laughs> okay, uh, my goodness. cryptographic wow. puzzles. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so and they have to guess the certain uh, the the answer to a cryptographic puzzle that's posed by the network. The first computer that uh, guesses it correctly, unlocks this this uh, reward Bitcoin, and approves all the transactions. So basically, uh, there are all these miners, uh, quote unquote, are incentivized to actually maintain the the transactions and to update the ledger. So going back to the thing I uh, I mentioned earlier, they they're incentivized to check all the past transactions are good and to include and to decide whether to include or not include the, any new transactions. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in this process, they get they get paid a reward. Wow. Interesting. Quite frankly, uh, sounds fascinating. Let's move on to Pujix here. So Pujix, what is your own perspective regarding uh, this entire technology, the blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies, and this thing? What is your perspective overall? Is this something that you personally find interesting or do you would like to actually invest your money in it? Well, it's definitely a very interesting, you know, area. And I'm, well, when you, when you talk about like whether I would actually go and invest my money in it, I wouldn't really, because at this point it doesn't have the, I, I think the idea behind it worth investing in, but not necessarily an, an avenue. For example, Bitcoin is just one currency, right? So I wouldn't know how Bitcoin will turn up, but I'm, the, the idea of decentralization in general and specifically in currencies is actually very fascinating to me. And I would really like to know how it pans out. But I do not have the confidence uh, to go and invest my money in one of these uh, currencies. Interesting. Cryptocurrencies. Uh, Govin, I'm going to ask you right now, uh, you yourself, uh, we recently saw this whole, you know, uh, Bitcoin bubble burst. And it wasn't a long time ago, actually. It was, uh, I'm guessing it was back in March or something. Uh, so what do you think about uh, this uh, whole uh, cryptocurrency? Do you yourself trust and believe in this currency? Well, uh, I think that's the, the big problem that's stopping, uh, as Puya mentioned, the, uh, the idea behind the blockchain is, is abstracted. It's not what people understand these days. They only see it as a security because that's the face of it that has been provided. And I think that has to do with a lot of the, the, the whales in the market, uh, who, they they control enough Bitcoin to actually fluctuate its price, so they cause it to reduce the price first, and then uh, they see the surge, like a huge surge of transactions coming, or like people actually buying it, and then they just drop the price and short sell it, and they they end up profiting a lot. Wow. But it screws over all these people who invested their money, right? Exactly. So it's uh, they're just looking at it for the monetary incentive, but they're which which is kind of frustrating for people like me who are actually trying to leverage this platform because it's uh it's uh, it's just going to put spokes in people's uh confidence or ability to trust it interesting you know? and that's that's something uh yeah that's something that's only going to change through good applications coming out interesting so go i'm gonna ask you right now uh, you yourself imagine you have some cash uh on the side would you at this time at this very time and moment would you invest your money in uh basically cryptocurrencies like bitcoin um, well, it depends. now there are a whole bunch of, I think there's about more than 2,000 cryptocurrencies. Oh, and my goodness. More How can you everything. learn about all these? Oh, my. <laughs> the conversion, yeah, the exchange so, rate. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. It's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, so it's almost like a whole ecosystem of uh, of countries, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but each representing some kind of uh, commodity or utility. But yeah, uh, to uh, to build that up, uh, I would invest in some some tokens that I think have 
genuine value. Uh, at this point, I um, I don't see uh, the investment aspect of Bitcoin. Although I do hold Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a few other currencies, I don't see that as the main purpose of it. And I think if I were to put my more of my money into just the security aspect of it, I would be kind of being a hypocrite. So I, I guess my answer to that would be no. Interesting. But, Good point. Uh, that's yeah. right. I thought so because that's what I heard from a lot of my friends who also used to invest in uh, basically primarily in mining Bitcoin. I remember a lot of my friends showed a tremendous amount of interest in mining Bitcoin, uh, but now they actually stopped it. So let's move on to Pujix here. Let's talk about this whole decentralized world because – Let's be honest, guys, our world is changing, not just by technology, but by, by this whole decentralized approach to it. So, Pujix, how do you think our lives are going to be affected by this decentralized focus of the new uh, communication technologies? Uh, you know, I think uh, when you go to technology, actually, decentralization of technology and everything that we get to, like open sourcing um, and all that, is basically the definition of democracy. So if you really believe in democracy, that is what it is. I'm not saying it's flawless. Uh, neither is democracy. But then uh, we, we like democracy in general in this world today uh, very much, and we, we praise it. So that's the point. Like when, when people go and open source a program or decentralize – so, for, for example, Right now, the the currencies of a country is basically backed by the government, by the, uh, the by the uh, the central banks. So so it's not really decentralized. Essentially, a government is holding power over the currency, over the value of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as we uh, we talked about in the previous episode, in, uh, in in basically in economies, uh, economies are basically man-made things, and that's exactly. that's the idea. So when we can actually give this power, it's I know it's a cliche, but if we can give this power ba- power back to people then we are basically democratizing it in a sense. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, Pretty so that's amazing. why I like this concept, yeah. Interesting. So let's move on to you, Govin. So what do you think about this decentralized world that we're currently facing? Yeah, so um, to build up to what uh, Puya said, um, I think uh, right now the way we have it, it's uh, a bunch of people controlling the average person. And, you know, it's, it's not that that's inherently a bad thing, you know. It's just... Uh, the fact that it's easy to corrupt with uh, if you if you add the layer of tech as a mediator we could move towards something as uh like more uh more communistic you know where wow. people say that it's it's kind of like an ideal right but uh uh if you have tech mediating the the transfer of uh, of funds between people and just to allow decision making you'd have a like the perfect almost a utopian combination of uh, uh, of decision making power across like uh, just a democ- democratic uh, decision making and also just people actually having their voice heard uh, without corruption or any of these other things but again I, I realize that this may sound idealistic and I think we're just in the early days so it's important to see how it plays out that's right it, it, it does sound a lot utopian from my perspective and throughout history I mean we've never had this thing called decentralized right because we've always had like even back mm-hmm. in the caveman age like we had like a caveman leader who then led this entire tribe then went hunting and you know uh, got the animals and whatnot so I think that we are now heading towards – are you saying that we are heading towards a world that has no leader whatsoever and that we are all going to live like chaotically? And Because uh, this to me sounds uh, – somehow it's, it's, it doesn't sound sustainable because for centuries well, – I, I would say humanity quite the started, We were because, all living uh, in tribes and we had leaders. Right. But it's not like we would have 
no leaders. It's it's more we would be able to delegate leadership to ourselves, and we wouldn't have one person being a leader. Uh, I mean, this is if I just take this curve and I see this all the way to its end, then that's that's where I see this going, where we will be in charge of making decisions for ourselves. So uh, it's not like we're gonna just not talk to each other and just be in different microcosms away from each other, but wow. uh, more so just uh, we'll be in a position where we can make decisions that impact all of us and we'll be able to like have a healthy discussion in a way that allows us to do it. Wow. Decentralized leadership. Uh, so like every single uh, one of us becomes and plays us a small role in this entire leadership process, right. like that five computers right. that keep track of this transaction, for example. Exactly. So if you, if you define a state of, uh, a, uh, of a blockchain to be, uh, what are the economic decisions of, for the most of the people? And then you, you allow people to vote on it, you know, and then you, the, the, you can only change the state based on a majority. So you can define majority to be whatever the majority defines it to be too, you know, so you can, you can play with all these different variables and you can ultimately just let people uh, set those variables to be what they want it to be. So ultimately, even in a decentralized world, we can manipulate the results of like polls and like assume things that are not necessarily, uh, you know, democratic in nature. Are you saying that we can actually manipulate the decentralized world as well? Well, no, uh, I think that would be up to the people. So if, uh, if the people get swayed by something that allows, uh, that makes them, you know, go ahead and make a decision that's not in their own favor, they, they will be able to make that, but that's that's uh, that's the problem of freedom, right? Wow, pretty tough one. So let's move on to Pujix here yeah. about this whole notion because I'm really baffled by the topic of the decentralized world because it does have a lot of potential, not only economically but also politically. So what do you think about the impact of the decentralized world in our daily lives in the coming decades? Because as Gowen mentioned, this whole trend is just getting started. So Pujix, how do you think this wave of the decentralization will actually affect us in our daily lives, in our work, in our business, with our family and friends? Uh, you know, the most important aspect for me is that we get to monitor things. And uh, this is this is a personal notion. It's not necessarily the most important thing. But for me, uh, the idea of open source uh, and decentralization, not, not necessarily just blockchain in general, open source uh, helps a lot. For example, if we let like the idea of artificial intelligence and machine learning go to like specific like the government entities then we wouldn't have any oversight necessarily over them and we wouldn't know how it works how it pans out but now it doesn't work like that we have literally thousands of thousands of machine lear learning algorithms working di different sort of ais working around the world so to to put this in contrast if we had that government without having open source or bunch of governments, we would have a nuclear situation. We would have very few but extremely powerful AIs that could uh, create the dystopian scenarios in Hollywood, potentially. Wow. But now there are many, 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 many AIs in the world. So there is no one bad AI that we can, like, I'm pretty sure with, very i'm i don't i'm so reluctant but i can say almost 100% the dystopian versions of terminator would cannot happen because there's no one ai in the world that can lead the charge wow. and that's one of the benefits basically you're distributing the power you you're not uh, you're not letting the power come to a center because as we all know power brings corruption if there, it's too too focused that's right. so the idea is we want to yeah. uh, shatter this uh, into smaller pieces and give the uh, scatter it uh, around the world. Fantastic. Exactly. So, Gowen, what do you think in terms of the impact of the decentralization uh, around the world? 
Um, well, uh, I, I think this, this would allow for one, one thing that's, that's really kind of, uh, holding us, holding technology, uh, as a sector behind is regulation. Regulation is, is miles behind the tech that we actually have to, uh, again, to sure. take Puya's point forward, you know? Uh, we have all these, all, we can put entire industries out of, out of work if we, if we choose to right now. Wow. Uh, uh, for example, we could take, uh, take the field of law, you know? Uh, and you, you run a model that just looks at all the past case history given a certain, um, certain jurisdiction or a certain legal problem. And you can, you can just create a model that, probably gives you the best legal defense to, to go about it wow. uh you know it's it's just uh, a matter of whether regulation wants this to happen maybe regulation should be delegated to the people or to the uh to regulation itself should be data driven you know like these are these are different different possibilities that we need to consider because uh the one thing we can agree on is the conventional way of doing things is just not not good enough at this point. Wow. And you mentioned this and I just uh, literally thought of one word and that's disruption. So uh, you mentioned yeah, earlier exactly. about how all of this will then disrupt many industries and so on and so forth. So let's talk about the negative aspect of it. I mean, like in this show, we like to look at things from both positive and negative aspects and their uh, pros and mm -hmm. cons. So Pujix, uh, could there be any cons to this whole uh, keychain technology, decentralization and so on and so forth? Could there be any downside to it that could affect our societies around the world in a negative way look i mean when it comes to these things i look at the for example ideologies uh, or or ways of doing stuff or all of this as tools basically that you use to achieve a goal so with any tool you can use it in any any way you want you want to you can weaponize it you can destroy things or you can actually use it for positive uh there is so many debates nowadays that actually democracy is being held hostage the democracy is being used as a wow. as a means to you know destroy the world or some some sort of like that i'm not saying it's necessarily true i'm saying like there is a negotiation about that so yes That's of right. course there's going to be potential for uh for misuse but um but but because there is a negative about it i wouldn't dismiss it because there's a negative about everything and if we, if we were to dismiss things because of their negatives we would we would have to all go and die essentially yeah. and not live exactly so so my point is yes be wary of the you know um the, the negatives make sure that you're in control of them not they're they're not in control of you focus on the positive and build on that Fantastic. but yes there are there are potentials of you know of course but with all of this uh, yeah we can disrupt industries we can put people out of jobs and all that and that's that's a that's a very big concern for sure but then you, you what people are missing about industry disruption is that we're going to have things that we don't have and people are saying like what am i going to do what is my job going to be my answer is i don't know they haven't been invented yet wow your jobs just just think about this like literally think of like a couple decades ago you'd ask your daddy so daddy what should i do with my life and he'd give you all the answers now they ask you what's my job like dude your job hasn't yet been invented so just wait for a while just pretty amazing so let's move on to govins uh, what do you think about the downside of the decentralized approach towards our economies using technologies such as uh, keychain and so on and so forth well, uh, I, I I don't think in any point in human history there's we've had uh, any kind of disruptive change that's been that's not been two steps forward, one step backward, or you know something like that. Uh, and I think it's the same with this. We need to deal with the problem of people potentially not being uh, employed. But I, I, I about this specific problem, I think that this is where. Uh, we really have a chance to move forward as a, as a civilization because uh, right now people are doing degrees about things they don't care about to get jobs that they don't care about 
but this is the only thing that they can do because I mean that they have to do because they they want money and money is the way that you can kind of survive. So with uh, with blockchain, you can decentralize more um, more. Like you can you can find a way to get mo- make money for things you're gonna do anyway, you know, like uh, create a gig economy. What what I'm personally trying to do with my venture is create a gig economy of data, where you get paid. You're constantly gonna have data. Data is a part of living. But and uh, if you f- if you can have a way to sell that to companies and then allow companies to make decisions that might ultimately come back to benefit you, you know, you're you're getting a win out of it. Um, I mean, so, let me just stop you right now for a second, Govin, because you mentioned about selling big data and stuff, and uh, I really believe that the majority of your clients. Because you work with big data. Big data are not sold to, let's say, the average consumer or the guy who just bought his new iPhone. Generally from – again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that the majority of your clients are either advertising companies or governmental organizations. Am I right? Well, uh, for data-driven decisions, it could be anyone trying to do anything. You know, if uh, if I owned a store that sold like shoes or something, and uh, I, I find out my sales haven't been as good as in this quarter as the last quarter, I could just look at the data and then run it through a model, and then it'll tell me which uh, variables have been changed. You know, like the, computers can look at complex patterns that we just simply cannot comprehend as humans. So I, I think uh, it's not just those big enterprises that the, the big enterprises are the ones that have access to it so far. It's just if we give that access to everyone, we'll be we'll all be in the same playing field. Interesting. So you want to do what is currently available only to big organizations and let's say government organizations to the average person, like an average entrepreneur can have access to these data. That's right. Very nice. Interesting. Exactly. Pretty good. I think it's very, very useful in that regard. It can help a lot of people. But the other problem you mentioned, selling shoes and whatnot. So if people are out of job and they have no money, who the hell is going to buy those pair of shoes, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you I want mean, to sell uh, the data to this guy. I mean, this guy cannot sell a goddamn pair of shoes, man. Nobody's buying. They don't have any money. Well, uh, they, they'll be selling their data to get money or uh, not just data you know they could sell their their time to do certain tasks like uh, this is the real power of the what's being called the gig economy or the sharing economy you know i share my car and i get make some money out of it i share my house and make some money out of it you know uh i share my time buying groceries for someone else and i make some money out of it i think that's the kind of future we're moving to and i think that's, that's i understand you're totally right about this and i like this technology but my problem is you know in basic economic terms we have this thing called recycling of money so if in an economy money is not being recycled, then there will be no economic transactions and this will ultimately collapse the economy. So my question to you is this. You are so, uh, solving all these problems. You are giving the data to this guy who sells shoes and whatnot. But if this entire technology disrupts our economies, disrupts employment and more and more people are out of job and out of money – so what will that happen to the economy? What will all these people without job who cannot in any way add value do with their time and with their lives? And how can they actually contribute yeah, to this I, economy? Can I jump in? Here? Absolutely. So, go so ahead. Go ahead. That, so, so, so one thing that this guy without a job is doing, contributing in a sense, is that he's selling his data to the shoemaker. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one thing. That but how is he being compensated? Making- is he being paid for it or not? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's being paid for it. By the so, shoemaker, which is which is what is being uh, like this. This is the kind of things that you can do using the using blockchain technology. In fact, that's the use case that I am uh, doing right now, where people sell their data to to companies. Wow! And actually, make some money out of it. 
So in the future, we will actually have a job called selling your data, your data is right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not even a job. It's just, a, it's just, it's just an app that's running on your computer and you just like, you give it some data. You, you can like look at some companies and you say, okay, I want to give them my data. Not those guys. They screw those guys, you know, and you like, can, the, and uh, they pay you for it by yeah. like Bitcoin or something. Exactly. Uh, well, wow. that's something we're still trying to figure out because, uh, again, going back to like the very volatile exchange rate, you can't, you can't expect, you can't really incentivize people at this point using cryptocurrency. So maybe you'd still have to pay them with some kind of uh, fiat money. One more question, because uh, I know this is being currently used by a lot of the big data companies. So you mentioned these guys can then willingly, and the keyword here is willingly, willingly share their data with these companies and be compensated for it in terms of, let's say, cash or let's say Bitcoin. But let's be honest, you and I both know that this technology is now so advanced that you can easily steal the data of this company. I mean, let's be honest, uh, if you read the book uh, Future Crimes, you we all know that companies like Facebook and Google, they are already stealing our data. I mean, I remember the last I don't remember the last time I got a uh, you know bill to pay to Google or Facebook for using Google and Instagram. I mean, uh, these guys are already uh, stealing our data and without so our can permission. Can I jump in again? For sure, go ahead. Can I jump in again? So so one thing that comes to my mind right now is that exactly so your your data is being given to these big big guys without even being you being paid now you got to choose to sell to the smaller guys and actually getting paid yeah, so exactly. you guys are basically you guys so are the, acting the, as middlemen you're gonna, you're removing and you're getting rid of this yeah, monopoly yeah, of exactly. these big companies Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep mining your data. They're gonna keep doing their thing. But here we're giving a chance for people to have some kind of ownership over their data. Our 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 idea was born out of the Cambridge Analytica problem mainly, uh, out of the fact that well, people the big companies are only gonna help out the big companies. So it's up to us to uh, enable the small guys to help each other out, you know, and maybe try to create something bigger. Wow, love it, man. That's a great idea, actually. And if you ever wanted an investor, you can count on us because that's a very, very great idea. <laughs> and I think it, it has a great future. So overall, now that we've talked about the basics of uh, the decentralized world and so on and so forth, let us now talk about its application in our daily lives and our plans. So first of all, Pujix, uh, when do you think this whole thing will affect our lives? Is it any time soon or we're gonna have to wait for like a couple of decades no i think it, it will like i i personally believe we will see the f very first impacts of uh, uh the, this decentralized world and blockchain technology in general the decentralized world i don't want to uh limit it to anything uh i, I think we'll, we're going to see the very well we've seen it already but then the very real impacts on day-to-day -day lives i think will be seen some somewhere in 20s. It's, it's my personal belief that, that that's my prediction. I might wow. Be wrong, but then, so in a matter of yeah, years. It might be late 20s, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to take decades. I don't think it's going to be that Amazing. far out. Um, if, if everything goes according to, again, if, if I follow the curve as it's going so far, I think it's going to be very soon, yeah. Fantastic. Govind, what do you think about this, uh, given the fact that you're the expert in this issue? Well, I got to say, I agree with, uh, with Pujix because, uh, like, uh, we, you, people are making such, uh, high, like, long-term predictions for, for all these crazy tech. Like, even with quantum <laughs> computers, uh, they said then there, there's a 128 qubit quantum computer that's gonna take a minimum of five years and boom, we already, it's coming out later this year. Wow. You know, so disruption is just happening at such a rapid pace because I think we've never in history had, like, such a congregation of, like, like intelligent people talking to each other, you know, so they're all helping each other out. Everyone's getting the resources, you know? 
so maybe maybe something I think uh, for blockchain specifically it's a matter of people's trust and fixing that problem so once they they realize that it's not something that's you know going to scam them out of their money or it's actually going to add value to their lives and to everyone's lives as a whole then um they're going to slowly start jumping onto it it's 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 going to be a slow process but it's it's up to companies with uh with good integrity to to you know just keep doing their thing and wow. ultimately that should that should pay off i mean if i can i can I also add to that notion of you know technology predictions specifically technology but the future predictions the problem with these mis mispredictions giving it a long time is that we as humans are wired to think linearly all these disruptions right. are happening exponentially exactly yeah, not exactly. seeing the, the curve like growing so yeah. for example in 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 the in the in the second decade of 21st century well it's not finished yet but we're our prediction is that it's uh, the, the growth of uh, technology and industries has been equal to the entire 20th century wow like we, nobody sees that oh my goodness and and, and think of that the, the 20s will be even bigger that's so Man, true that's like a hundred years condensed into 20 years oh, <laughs> it's goodness. only just started <laughs> just amazing yeah. quite frankly and uh, i also like the part where gobin talked about big companies and integrity i've never heard the word big companies and integrity to be used in the same sentence that was pretty amazing to hear in that regard because that's exactly <laughs> what we're seeing nowadays and i'm so glad that people like gobin will actually create companies that will allow uh, individuals, individual users to actually be able to uh, willingly share their own data to whom, whoever they want. That's a great, great way to go forward. So before we go for the wrap-up, my that's, a key. that's right. My last question is about the tip we want to give to our listeners to prepare themselves for this decentralized world that we will inevitably face in the years to come. So Pujiks, what is one tip you got for all of our listeners to prepare themselves for this uh, huge change of events and this disruption that will inevitably hit us in the coming day, uh, years, if not uh, even uh, earlier than that? Yeah, this might not necessarily be a, a an advice, but then a notion that, you know, obviously there's always going to be bad players, but don't rule out a technology or an idea because of the bad players. Be vigilant. Go go learn more before making a conclusion. Exactly. Trust, trust these technologies. Like I'm not saying every single technology, and I'm not saying every single guy. That's I'm right. saying go learn more before you make a conclusive de decision. Because as Goving mentioned, for example, with blockchain specifically, uh, we are already there technologically. The only matter is a matter of the trust of the people and creating regulations that actually can work for the people in general and bringing it to, to their lives. So it can be used very usefully today, but we can't because people are not trusting the system for very good reasons. That's but right. then point is, yeah, go after it, learn more a little bit, read a couple of articles, books, whatever you, you can get your hands on. Fantastic. And Govan, what is your tip for basically our listeners to prepare themselves for this decentralized world? Well, uh, well, uh, Pujix took the words out of my mouth. I was, I was just gonna say, uh, if you if you wanna if you wanna make a decision on whether you're gonna invest anything, be it your time, your money, or anything to to something, you need to know what you're you're faced with. And it's it's if if you get screwed over, it's it's bad on the person who screwed you over's part, but it's also bad on your part for not having made the done the due diligence to realize that there was a chance you would get screwed over. So it's 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 really a matter of putting in the the time to to like reading up on these things and knowing what what you're 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 investing something into fantastic great show Le learn a lot basically i moved from a guy who did not know the difference between keychain and blockchain to a guy who actually understood <laughs> a lot of these things that was quite amazing and thank you all so much going for this great show so first pujiks i want to thank you for all these things before we go uh, any further though let's hear your final comments 
Uh, yeah, the same. Uh, just, just uh, trust the process. I, I was like, there's, there's this guy. Uh, I think it was in, I don't know, NHL or something. There was this coach and and one of the sports I don't remember who would basically tell his players, just trust the process. You might see bad results, but tr- trust the process. The process is good in this respect, in this specific uh, area. Just trust the process. There's going to be bumps on the road, but then trust the process and learn. Fantastic, Gobin. What is your final comment after being on the show for the first time? Well, uh, I, I really enjoyed this, and I, I hope uh, I, I added value to someone's <laughs> someone listening to this day, uh, or in terms of knowledge. And uh, check out our website at datax. One for updates on uh, how we're coming along. I hope to. Would you say it one more time? Would you say the the link? Data X. What was that? Data X dot one. Uh, o n e. D a t x. That's right. O n e. O n e. Fantastic. So thank you very much for being here with us, Gobin. We really appreciated you being here, and of course, Bujix. Thanks for arranging the, the entire thing. And I truly thank both of you guys for your amazing performance on the show. It was great to have you guys with us. Thank you, Dan. My pleasure. And of course, that's all the time we have for. It was a pleasure to be with uh, with you all. Uh, As always, we're here with you every Saturday. And if you have any comments, please leave them on our website. We're available on all major platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, uh, basically Podbean and YouTube. And it was a pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, Thank you very much. This is Daniel Mulgan, and this was Beyond the Present Podcast. Beyond the Present Podcast.